Well, hey, CFC and friends, we're excited to have you. We're going to do a special podcast today um, on the topic of sadness. And so uh, how did the topic of sadness land on your heart? Yeah, it might seem like a weird topic to talk about. We want to tend to think of happy things. And uh, so sadness was on my heart for uh, a few reasons. Number one, um, we're studying the book of Nehemiah, and you have this situation in Nehemiah's life where he, the text lets us know he's sad. It uses the word that he was mourning and weeping. Right. Um, but then he says something pretty interesting. He says, but his boss, who happened to be the king, his boss didn't know he was sad. Right. So he was sad. His boss didn't know he was sad. And it would seem intentionally as if he was hiding his sadness. Mm. And then next verse in chapter two of Nehemiah, he he wasn't able to hide his sadness. So now the boss who didn't know he was sad sees that he's sad and he asks him about his sadness. So it just prompted this um, wrestling in my own heart with where does sadness fit in our own lives? And mm-hmm. I was probably, um, to make it personal, there was... I was experiencing some sadness, and uh, for me, I don't get kind of the opportunity to go, oh, I feel sad. I think I won't go to church, because I still have to go to my job. Still got to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, so that's Nehemiah. He's sad, but he still has to go. Um, So I go, to what degree am I allowed to let people know I'm sad? Or is it like inappropriate for people to think, oh, the pastor said, am I, am I not demonstrating belief in God and his goodness and his love for me yeah. and his sovereignty? All those things that mm-hmm. we base our lives on is my sadness, uh, uh, defying those things. And so, um, that's, that's why. And I thought, I generally, when I approach the scriptures, I tend to think, if I wonder, probably other people wonder. So I thought it might be good for us to have a conversation about sadness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you're saying, you know, is it okay for me to show my sadness? I think we've all been there in those situations. Well, if I had enough faith or like if I right. was truly trusting the right. Lord, I wouldn't be sad in this right. situation. So I think that prompts that question. Is it okay to be sad? Sure. Maybe this isn't fair, but ever been tempted, speaking to you, Mm -hmm. have you ever been tempted to go, I'm sad, I don't think I want to go to church? Yeah. Right. Or I'm sad, I don't want to read my Bible. Or I'm sad, I don't want to go be with other people, you know, if it's not even church. Sadness, we tend tend to be by ourselves. Specifically, yes, with being around other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody's sad. Yeah, we've all everybody, experienced Yeah, it. everybody's sad at times. Not everybody's always sad, but sadness is just a reality of our life. Mm-hmm. And it's because we live in a broken world, and broken world involves broken relationships and even relationships right. that are good most of the time have broken moments, and then things don't go the way we want. We don't get the job we want. We don't get the raise we want. We don't get the child we want, or we get the child we didn't want. <laughs> no, we're not allowed to say that. So. <laughs> Can't send it back. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and so I think just sadness is a reality yeah. that um, I thought Nehemiah, I thought there were some things in Nehemiah's life that were instructive where he said, 
he wasn't sad in the presence of the king. And so I think it's appropriate for us to learn that there are times that though we are sad, we don't show that we're being sad, and that's not being fake. See, mm-hmm. the purist might go, oh, it's being fake. If you're sad and you don't let people know you're sad, you're being fake. Well, I don't know that I'm being fake. Sometimes it's appropriate to go, I don't hang out all of my dirty laundry all the time right. to anybody. Right. So there's an appropriateness that, that Nehemiah demonstrated before the king. Mm-hmm. Um, but our king, the heavenly father, is different. As I ask myself the question, am I allowed to be sad? And, and how, do, how should I handle my sadness before my king, my God? Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple things came to mind. First, uh, a psalm, Psalm 34, 18, uh, God says he's near the brokenhearted and uh, helps or slash saves those crushed in spirit. So brokenhearted, crushed in spirit, uh, I think, capture sadness in some very graphic ways. And God is near them. And so I don't think I get the picture that God says... Get over your sadness before you come into my presence. And sometimes maybe we feel that way, Mm -hmm. that we can't honor the Lord until we're over our sadness. So um, I think that's a good place for me to to start. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. So if he's near the brokenhearted and he saves those crushed in spirit, then he's inviting those who are sad to bring their sadness into his presence. We don't have to kind of check that at the door when we come to church or check that in, at the door when we open our Bibles or try and have a time with the Lord that we can bring that to him. And that's pretty encouraging to me that oh, I can absolutely. bring it. Uh, I don't have to hide those things from him. Yeah. I think it's a good point. You don't have to set it aside. Right. You don't have to check it at the door to come to the Lord. And yeah. I think many times I know I've done that. How do you think, um, now I'm asking the question. <laughs> Go for it. How do you, do you think uh, men, women process sadness differently? So, because we have men and women listening to this, do you yeah. think people are hearing with different ears? I think so. Um, I'm trying to think of specifics, how I've experienced that. I don't have that coming to mind at the moment, but... Innately, I would say, I think so. Yeah. Uh, maybe another way to ask you that is, is uh, when I say, when we talk about this sadness, is there any scripture or any thoughts that come to your mind that you go, oh, wow, I would have thought this was what Doug would have thought, and it might show a bit of a difference? I'm trying to think, honestly. Sure. Um, but uh, like Psalms, like being near the brokenhearted, I mean, that that's one um, – that kind of came to mind as I was thinking mm-hmm. um, through sadness. So I know the Lord's not going to leave me in my sadness. I'm not going to be left alone, mm-hmm. um, but it's still a reality of being there. I'm trying to think. You're not a very sad mm. person. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose not, but, I, you know, you have those, I, I mean, praise the Lord. I mean, he's given me plenty of opportunities to also find joy um, in sadness, Um but I, 
I tend to always be have a bent towards the positive. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes that can play into it. Right. Um, like your your outlook right. on things. I agree. Um, so for me, my bent is to find positives, mm. even in sadness. Right. Um, but there have been moments where you just kind of have that weight of sadness. It's a reality. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's not a male-female thing. Maybe it's uh, what's a personality bent. Some people yeah. are – they would describe them as a, more of a, a glass half full versus a glass half yeah. empty, a person who kind of has a pretty positive outlook on life and others who kind of feel the fallenness and the brokenness of the world more profoundly and sadness lives more at the surface in in their lives. I don't know. Maybe that's why it was on my heart because I don't mm. think sadness lives close to the surface in my heart. Mm. And so when it's there, I'm like, mm, this is unique. This is where others might go, no, that's, it lives pretty close to the surface in their life on a regular basis. Yeah, I could see that being true for some people. Yeah. And so I, it, it is something that I can kind of I guess, call out in a unique way to say, oh, this is sadness, I, you know, that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dealing with in this situation. Um, right a- another scripture that comes to my mind when you have Jesus in the Beatitudes, uh, Sermon on the Mount, cha- uh, Matthew chapter 5, he says, blessed are those who mourn, for mm-hmm. they shall be comforted. And for a long time... It seems so clear to me now that I kind of scratch my head and go, how did I not get that? For, for a long time, I didn't get that. I, I was like, that doesn't make sense. That's kind mm-hmm. of a, you know, reluctant to say Jesus said stupid things, but it felt a <laughs> little stupid Wasn't to me. working for me. Yeah, I was like, I don't get that. Um, but I, it seems very clear now that what we need when we're mourning, when we're sad is comfort. But if we don't, let that out. If there's never a place for us to express our sadness, our lament, our mm-hmm. mourning, uh, then we're not going to be comfort because no one would ever know. And uh, so that's just, again, to me, that's another invitation of the scriptures, this one specifically from Jesus to say, you don't need to hide your sadness. In fact, if you do, you're going to rob yourself of the comfort that I give to those who are willing to mourn. So right. uh, again, I think Jesus gives that invitation when I think of uh, John chapter 12. He is considering his approaching death, and he speaks honestly to the Father. He says in John chapter 12, my soul is troubled. And that's what I feel. You know, my mm-hmm. soul is troubled. Sometimes it's, uh, sometimes I'm sad just because uh, something that I'd hoped for hadn't happened. But sometimes it's more real, more uh, substantial than that. Uh, somebody I love doesn't walk with the Lord anymore or makes yeah. some decisions against the Lord. And, and that makes me me sad. I feel that. And uh, I think that there is, I have to ask myself, all right, 
where's the appropriate context for me to be able to share my sadness in a manner that I experience the promise, blessed are those who mourn for it, and they shall be comforted. So yeah, uh, I think that's, again, another invitation of Jesus. Absolutely. And with sadness, this is just my own experience, um, it can very easily become loneliness when you're not sharing life with other people. Right. Um, which can, if you're not careful, push you further away. Right. Um, because you don't want to be a burden on somebody else, you know, especially if it's someone who's walked through maybe the hard situation or whatever it is with you. I mean, I've come to that point where yeah. I've thought, I, do I really need to bother them with this again? Do I really <laughs> need to say, today's a hard day. Can yeah. you pray for me? Mm-hmm. And yes, I should. Yeah. Um, again, in the appropriateness, mm-hmm. uh, like in Nehemiah that we've talked about, but to not shrink back from being honest to say, yeah. I'm sad today. Like, this is hard today. And, and there's a humility in that because I, I don't think we want to um, never let them see you sweat and let them know, never let them see you sad. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, an arrogance. Mm, that sounds too strong. There's a pride that says, I want, I want people to think that I'm always kind of on top of my game and I'm always trusting the Lord and always yeah. the joy of the Lord's filling my heart. And there's always a song coming out of, and, and I'm not mocking those things. I, I think that's what makes it hard to then in moments of sadness to be willing to express it because mm-hmm. there's humility required. Yeah. Um, and it's timing. I got an email from a friend this week who said uh, it's been a number of months now since they lost the, a close family member to them to kind of a tragic death. Mm. And uh, so they were asking, all right, it's been months now. I think I'm ready to start processing my grief uh, to talk about, you know, how do you find comfort? How do you find the Lord uh, and the truth of the scriptures in this moment? So uh, I think there's timing in that we can sometimes maybe process too soon, mm-hmm. and sometimes we wait too long. So there's not a hard and fast there. But I appreciated they reached out and said, any resources? And so it was a good opportunity for me to say in this specific situation, we have a ministry called Grief Share mm-hmm. that specifically connects people who have walked through that type of grief of the loss of a loved one. Um, and... We can all give principles. I can sit here and talk about those truths that are important, but it's totally different hearing somebody who's walked the path, experienced the lost, the loss, found the Lord in the midst of that. And so Grief Share, uh, though it kind of is off for the summer here at the chapel, start again in the fall. Uh, that's a great ministry where people who have experienced comfort, and this is what Second Corinthians says, uh, may the God of all comfort comfort you with the comfort that he has comforted others with. So mm-hmm. often God, the comfort of God comes from people. It comes from the Lord, yes. but it comes through people who have right. experienced sadness and sorrow themselves and met the Lord mm-hmm. in that. So. Um, again, I think it's the invitation to come, but I understand there's a timing issue that mm-hmm. we can press too soon, too fast. 
Oh, for sure. Or in the wrong, or with people who go, um, I'd rather process with somebody who's experienced this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to understand that. Well, in that situation, you are on the side of someone asking you for help. But I think we've all been in those situations where we know someone or we're watching someone struggle in sadness. Yeah. How can we do that with the one another's to to love them? Because I think we maybe this is just me. I have this bent to like, let me cheer them up. Right. I want to bring them joy. That's not always the right time. Right. Or the place to, you know, depending on the situation. And so how right. can I love them? <laughs> uh that's uh is that a question? That yeah. Wanna, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um thought maybe you're gonna answer your question. But, no, I'm okay. Good. Um <laughs> I think the most powerful way we love in those moments uh, is our presence. Our presence has to be there before our ears are there. Mm. I think the order, and this might sound weird, but we love with our presence, our ears, and then uh, with our words. So first we're just present. Uh, and then we listen. And then maybe our presence and our listening has earned the right to actually speak words that they're ready to hear. Uh, and the whole whole idea of trying to cheer up, uh, I may have told this story before, but uh, when our oldest son was like 12 years old, you're, you're nodding like, you remember this story? Nodding, okay. no, no. I'm... He's 12 years old, and um, he's hurt himself, and uh, I'm trying to make him laugh. And he says, Dad, you know Jahari's window? And I was like, oh, I do, do but... Do you remember yeah, this one? I do, but... You do at 12 years old? He was like, yeah, yeah, I've learned about Jahari's window. And if you're not familiar with Jahari's window, it's simply this, that there are things that only God knows about us. There's things that God and we only know about us. There's things that God and ourselves and others know about us. But there's that weird window of there's things that God and others know about us that we don't know about ourselves. So my 12-year-old son, son says, Dad, in that window... I think there's something that God and others know, and that is that when we get hurt, you try to make us laugh, mm. and you don't understand that sometimes that makes us feel like you're diminishing our hurt. <laughs> Very insightful for a 12-year-old. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I was s- stunned. I was speechless, and I was helped. Mm. Um, sure. I was helped because I was like, Good for you, Clay. Good for you for helping me see that uh, there's a time to laugh. And this will sound like straight out of Scripture now. There's a time to laugh, but there's a time to mourn as mm-hmm. well. And sometimes when we try to, because uh, we're uncomfortable with mourning, we're uncomfortable with sadness, we try to go, okay, let's get rid of it as fast as we can. Let's laugh or let's do something fun. And that's not what people need. So when it was very impactful for me, the morning I heard uh, that my dad died Mm. back in 2017, uh, three people within like the first hour, and a number of people text me, but three people without asking uh, just showed up at my house, three different guys. Two good friends. Uh, one came with the sausage biscuits, so he showed up and he spoke my love language <laughs> of food. <laughs> and uh, and then my son Clay. Uh, just they showed up and they sat with me. Uh, 
they didn't try to force conversation, just kind of the ebb and flow of some tears and then maybe some laughs and then back to some tears. Uh, but I, I was very grateful and I hope I'm a better friend because of how I experienced their friendship of how to help people in sadness. And it just goes back to that. Uh, we don't need to hide it. We don't need to, uh, dismiss it. Yeah. And, uh, we can learn to to embrace it without staying there right. forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think there is a time to go, I'm grieving, but I am believing and I'm grieving. It's not one or the other. I think there was a time in life, my life where I thought it was either you're grieving or you're believing uh, truth. And I think there's a grieving and a believing that can happen both that will keep me, that will allow me to be sad, but not keep me sad indefinitely. Right. So uh, I'm sure there's lots more we could say, but um, that's probably, I hope that's a good start for some thoughts on how we process our sadness with the Lord and with one another. Absolutely. And I think the freedom to know um, as you read scripture and we talked about, you can come before the Lord with your mm-hmm. sadness to not walk that alone yep. and to really lean on the characteristics of the Lord, that he yep. is our, a God of all comfort. And so he doesn't want us to pretend that it's not there right? or to, like you said, leave it at the door. Uh, actually, you're saying that makes me realize there are things I uh, know about the Lord experientially because I've been sad that I would not know about the Lord Absolutely. experientially had I not been sad. I could know it theoretically, but I know it experientially because I've been sad and the Lord has met me in my sadness. So Absolutely. that's good. That's powerful. Yeah. He uses everything. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks, Doug. Thank yep. you for listening in today.